This is Balance of Power coming from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. I'm David Weston. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson survived a no-confidence vote of his own party yesterday by a vote of 211 to 148. And afterward, he said it was now time to unite. We have a conclusion uh, to something that's been dragging on for far too long, and we have the ability now to unite, deliver, and get on with the people's priorities, and that is what we're going to do. We are joined now by an expert in British politics. He is Simon Marks, president and chief correspondent for Feature Story News. Simon, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. So is that what they're going to do, get on with the people's business? Well, they're certainly going to try and do it, (laughs) David. I mean, as Boris Johnson put it last night uh, in another uh, part of that uh, television appearance, he he said, we're going to try and bash on. Uh, But it really is going to be bashing on because he is now the leader of a party that is deeply divided. This was uh, an election, of course, uh, of his, a vote, of course, of his fellow Conservative Party lawmakers in the House of Commons. And four in ten of them, 41%, said they have no confidence in his leadership. Now, uh, he can claim that this was a decisive result. He can legitimately claim victory. A majority of just one in favour of his leadership would have sufficed to head this threat off. However, uniting is going to be extremely difficult when you're leading a party in Parliament that has uh, fully 41% of its members uh, who believe that you shouldn't be there. And if you look at the historical record, I mean, Theresa May, the former Prime Minister, uh, when she faced a no-confidence vote, 37% of the party said they had no confidence in her. She resigned six months later. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, all the way back in November 1990, 41%, exactly the the same percentage uh, that said they had no confidence in Boris Johnson, said they had no confidence in Margaret Thatcher. She tried to bash on, but was persuaded to stand down after just two days. So the stage is set now for Boris Johnson uh, to lead an administration that essentially is wounded. The former leader of the Conservative Party, William Hague, uh, said today in London uh, that it's rather like driving a car on the highway and you've got two flat tyres but you insist to all the passengers in the car that there's nothing to worry about and you are going to reach your destination. It's going to be very difficult for him to do that. I'm sure that that's right. At the same time, let me ask about the historical precedents because we've heard a fair fair amount about Theresa May and even uh, Margaret Thatcher now. But is it a different time today? Uh, As I understand, what triggered this is so-called party gate. We like to put gate against any kind of scandal, but party gate. Uh, And we now have, for example, here in the United States, States, a president of the United States, Donald Trump, who survived uh, far worse scandals than that. He said he could shoot somebody in Fifth Avenue and no one would arrest him. He wasn't far off the mark. And I wonder whether the, the sort of demeanor has changed of politics, perhaps in Britain as well as here. Well, I think that that is ultimately uh, the big question that the United Kingdom is now facing. Uh, And uh, really, it's going to come down to whether the guardrails that exist in British politics and in the unwritten constitution of the UK prove sufficient to deal with this moment. Uh, Boris Johnson, uh, you know, his supporters say, would we really get rid of a prime minister uh, over cake? Uh, Because, of course, Partygate revolves around these uh, parties 
years in Downing Street and other government offices that broke lockdown regulations. Shock horror, the Prime Minister was eating birthday cake and drinking a glass of wine after work <laughs> with a group of his co-workers when he shouldn't have been. But in fact, it's about far more than that. It's about whether Boris Johnson was truthful in his account of what went on before the House of Commons so, so, in Parliament. So, Simon, just to ask of this as, a, as a, a yank here, as you can tell by my accent, I'm a yank. <laughs> this is not the first time that Boris Johnson has been caught out in uh, fabrication. Correct. I mean, go, go, go back to when he was a correspondent in Brussels, for goodness sake. Absolutely. He was making things up. So it can't be a shock to the British people that he has a passing acquaintance with the truth sometimes. No, I think that's absolutely true. He is, as, uh, as uh, Margaret Thatcher's former uh, press secretary once uh, said, economical with the truth. He was actually <laughs> fired, I think, from that job in journalism for some of the stuff uh, that he fabricated. But look, there's a fundamental principle at stake here, and that is, is it now okay to break the ministerial code that exists to govern the behaviour uh, of the Prime Minister and other senior figures within the British government, regardless of which party they come from? Did he lie to Parliament, if indeed it's proven that he did, and it seems highly likely that he did, uh, then tradition dictates that really he would have to go. Uh, and uh, so I think that the question that we're facing in the UK is similar to the questions that you're facing here uh, in Washington, D.C., the extent to which politics has been changed by the yeah. triumph of a, a populist, uh, a, a very um, uh, uh, popular figure, uh, you know, the smiling character off the TV that people see every night who right. does find a way of uh, making it through various uh, obstacles that are placed in his way, but, or ultimately, does gravity come into effect? Can you continue to defy gravity, or will the guardrails at some point kick in? And that, at the moment, is an open question but, in London. But, Simon, one of the things that I think has not changed in all likelihood is a maxim here in the United States, I suspect it applies in the United Kingdom as well, which is in politics, you can't beat somebody with nobody. And well, how, right. how protected is Boris Johnson by the fact that I'm not sure who would take his job? Well, I think that's absolutely true. If this had all occurred four or five months ago before uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, uh, suffered uh, a couple of very substantial knocks to his reputation, it's perfectly possible that today you and I would be talking about the elevation of Rishi Sunak uh, as the heir apparent to Boris Johnson and Britain's next mm. Prime Minister. In the absence of an alternative, uh, Conservative members of Parliament uh, in some more substantial numbers uh, voted confidence in Boris Johnson uh, than might have occurred if there had been a rational alternative out there. And in many ways, what's happened in the last 24 hours is the perfect outcome uh, for Her Majesty's opposition. Sakia Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party, will privately be absolutely delighted to have uh, Boris Johnson uh, still hanging around by a thread, deeply damaged, rather than to be facing an entirely new Conservative Party leader and Prime Minister as we head towards uh, a general election that will take place at some point within the next two years and may still take place much sooner than that if Boris Johnson decides in order to get a fresh mandate he needs to go to the country. That's a, he could call an election to try to get a, a stronger mandate, you think? Yeah, he can. I mean, he indicated on television last night that that wasn't part of his current thinking. Right. It would be 
a bit of a high-risk strategy for him. And there are two, uh, what you call in, in the US, special elections coming up at the end of this month uh, right. to fill vacant seats uh, in the British Parliament. Yeah. I think everybody's going to be keeping an eye on those two races to see how the Conservative Party performs yeah. after this confidence vote was put to bed. It's really great to have you with us. Thank you so much. That was very helpful. Simon Marks, President and Chief Correspondent for Future Story News. And that does it for Balance of Power for today. I'm David Weston, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.